Welcome. We have been expecting you. <laughs> Welcome to the Old Radio Comedy Podcast Halloween Special. <laughs> Welcome to episode 97 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. And welcome to our Halloween special. It's the end of October, and that means spooks and ghosts and trick-or-treat and horror movies. And even though this is a comedy podcast, and we really can't scare the daylights out of you, we can still join in on the fun that comes with Halloween. So tonight, we're featuring three back-to-back classic comedy radio shows with Halloween themes. The first of the three is the 1949 Halloween episode of My Favorite Husband, followed by the 1951 Halloween episode of Life with Luigi, and finishing up with the 1948 Halloween episode of The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. So sit back, grab some candy and some hot apple cider, and get ready to laugh. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Yes, it's the new Gay Family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jell-O family of desserts. J-E-L-L-O Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O Fiocca puddings. Yes, sir. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers, it's late afternoon, and George Cooper is on his way home from the bank. He just got his car out of Miller's garage where he left it to be overhauled, and is on his way to Sally's beauty parlor where he left his wife, Liz, to be overhauled. He, uh, he pulls to a stop by an attractive girl standing on the corner. Going my way, baby? Oh, hi, George. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know it was you, Liz. Oh, George, you pull that same corny gag every time you pick me up for the last ten years. <laughs> well, it always gets a rise out of you. Well, not today. Hey, come on, get in. Well, I'm trying. What are you doing, Liz? You can't open the door with your elbows. Use your hands. I can't. My nail polish isn't dry. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. Well, you're certainly being a big help. Well, I'm thinking. Uh, try using your teeth. Oh, skip it. You just drive on home and I'll run along behind you. Breeze will dry my polish. Oh, I'm just kidding you, honey. Here, I'll open the door. Well, thank you. You know, George... Before we were married, you would have leaped out of the car, sprinted around to the other side, and swung open the door for me. Well, that was ten years ago. If I did that today, I'd have a heart attack. If you did that today, I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> well, you're in a good mood. Oh, I'm sorry, George, but while I was in the beauty parlor, Sally told me some very disturbing news. Oh, there's a strike in the henna factory. <laughs> 
No, it was really serious. Now, who do you think is giving a party and hasn't invited us? Elsa Maxwell? Oh, if you're going to be smart, Alecky, I won't tell you. <laughs> okay. I mean it. I won't tell you. No, okay by me. Begging will get you nowhere. <laughs> well, all right, I'll tell you. The Atterberries are having a costume party Halloween night, and they didn't invite us. What? It's true, so help me. Oh, I don't believe it. Who, who told you a thing like that? Sally, my beauty operator. Oh, well, I might have known. How does Sally find out everything? I don't know. I think she has a wire recorder hidden in the hairdryer. <laughs> but she's always right. Oh, ridiculous. What reason would the Atterberries have for not inviting us to their party? Well, I thought you might know. Is everything all right at the bank? Well, certainly. Oh, this doesn't make sense. We, well, we probably just haven't received our invitation yet. It'll be there in the morning mail. Well, if it isn't, I know what I'm going to do. What? I'm going to RSVP without being A-S-K-E-D. <laughs> Liz, come and eat breakfast and stop looking for the mailman. You're pushing your nose all out of shape against the window. No, I'm not, George. Um, no, I'm not, George. Why doesn't that mailman come? Well, maybe because it's only 8 o'clock in the morning. But Mr. Negley's usually here by this... Oh, I know the answer. It's Katie's day off. He starts at the other end of the route when she's not here to get him his breakfast coffee. <laughs> Smart operator. Say, how's Katie doing with him? Making any headway? Oh, yes. She's gotten him to the lap-sitting stage. No. Yeah. He finally agreed to sit on her lap. <laughs> he sits on her lap? Well, he's so small, George. She'd squash him. <laughs> oh, darn it. Where is he? This is our last chance. If that invitation doesn't come this morning, we'll know the Atterbury's deliberately snubbed us. Look, Liz, if the Atterbury's want to give a party and not ask us, it's their business. They, they probably have a very good reason. There couldn't be any good reason for not asking us. We're their closest friends. They couldn't do a thing like that to us. Well, we've given parties without asking them. That was different. I had a very good reason. All right. I can't argue with that kind of feminine logic. Anyway, you, you only have a beauty operator's rumor that they're giving a party at all. Oh, no. No, I checked on it. I had Katie call the Atterbury's maid last night, and they are having a party. Well, I don't understand it. Oh, there's Mr. Negley. Yeah, but your breakfast is getting cold. Well, I'm not hungry. Mr. Negley, am I glad to see you? Really? <laughs> well, I I always look forward to seeing you, too. Oh. Well, thank you. May I have our mail, please? Is Katie home? No. May I have our mail, please? You know, Mrs. Cooper, I like Katie. Mm. <laughs> Someday, if things go well, maybe she'll let me put my stamp on her envelope. Uh, Mr. Negley, will you give me our mail, I'd please? I'd love to change her zone number to mine. <laughs> but she's really too good for me. She's first-class matter. Yes, could I have... She's better than that. She's airmail special delivery. Well, I'm sure she is. Registered. Look, <laughs> Mr. Negley, someday I hope you and Katie settle down and raise a lot of little postcards. But right now, will you please give me our mail? Oh, yes, I have a letter for you here somewhere. Oh, here it is. I'll take it. Oh. Well, you see, Grabby? <laughs> 
You've only got half of it. It, it served you right. Well, this might, this might be it. Let's see. You are cordially invited. Quick, what does the other half say? To bring your car home for service. <laughs> Great. Isn't there another letter for us? No, that's all. Maybe you made a mistake. Please. <laughs> there isn't a man in postal service who sorts his mail more carefully than Harrison Q. Negley. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Well, well, let me take a look. Maybe it's stuck down there someplace. Take your hands off my mailbag! Mr. Negley, this is more important than you think! You're tampering with the U.S. mail! Oh! Now look what you've done. I'm all unsorted. <laughs> and heaven knows what you've done to my fragile. <laughs> oh, why didn't I stay in possible pose? Oh, I'm awfully sorry, Mr. Negley. I thought sure I'd get a letter from Mrs. Atterbury. Here, I'll help you sort. No, no, just leave me alone. And if you're talking about Mrs. Atterbury's party, I delivered those invitations last week, and you didn't get one, and I'm glad. Do you hear me? Glad? Let's pause for a moment. Lucille Ball and Richard Denning will return in My Favorite Husband right after these messages. To find out more about old-time radio, old-time video, and the pleasures of listening to audiobooks, visit the Audiobook Club website, www.audiobookclub.com, where you can get four audiobooks for just one penny. MediaDay.com And now, let's return to My Favorite Husband. Well, Rudolph. Curiosity is about to kill a cat. Guess who just called on the phone? Who, Lotus Bud? <laughs> Liz Cooper. She and George are down at the corner drugstore, and they want to drop by. Oh, Iris, I wanted to watch television. But you can't. They're coming over. You mean I have to miss Hopalong Cassidy? <laughs> this may be the night he gets killed. <laughs> I guarantee he won't. Now, they'll be here any minute. Help me pick up the papers on the floor. And remember, not a word about the Halloween party. Well, don't worry about me. I'm not the blabbermouth in this family. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see their faces when they find out we're giving a surprise Halloween party for them. Yeah, and at their house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does everyone know what to do? Sure. We're meeting at Cooper's side door at 8.30 and sneaking in through the kitchen. And then when they... There they are. Now remember, don't even mention Halloween. Liz girl, George boy. Hi, Iris. George boy, Liz girl. Hi, folks. <laughs> well, come in, come in. Well, I hope you don't mind that we came over without an invitation. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> What's new, Liz? Oh, nothing. What's new with you? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> How about you, Rudolph? Rudolph? Yes, hop along. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, no, nothing new with me. Well, nothing new with me either. Nobody asked you. 
Uh, speaking of the holiday weekend, what are you folks going to do? What holiday weekend? Monday is Halloween. Rudolph! Hmm? Monday is Halloween! No! <laughs> yes. Halloween, when people give parties and everybody comes in costume and you invite your best friends. <laughs> Sounds like fun. It's too bad someone isn't giving a party. Oh, Liz. Yes? There's something I've been meaning to ask you. Yes? Are you doing anything? No, not a thing. We'd love to come. What time? <laughs> Eight o'clock. Fine, fine, yes, fine. Yes. Eight o'clock Wednesday morning, we start collecting newspapers for the Salvation Army. <laughs> oh. Uh, come on, Liz. We'd better go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, George. Uh... It's for such a worthy cause, Iris. Let's not wait till Wednesday morning. Let's start sooner, say, uh, Monday night. Well, uh, I'd like to, dear, but, but, but... Would you like an ashtray for that butt, darling? <laughs> uh, 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 my mother, my mother isn't feeling well, and we're having dinner with her, yes. Yes. Yes, we always spend Halloween with the old witch. <laughs> trying to help. Well, don't bother. We don't have to have a brick atterbury fall on us to get the idea. Come on, George. Good night. Well, George, now are you satisfied? Uh, you were right, Liz. I can't get over it. I, I don't know what to do. Well, I do. While they're having their party, we'll soap their windows and kick over their garbage can. And stick a pin in their doorbell. No, I have a better idea, George. We'll give our own Halloween party and invite everyone but the Atterberries. There's not room in this town for both of us, George. The Atterberries must go. <laughs> Now, back to the Coopers. There's a certain party in Sheridan Falls who is upset because she hasn't been invited to a certain party. If Liz only knew that the certain party is a surprise party for her, she'd be the most surprised party of all. Well, Liz is determined to get even, so right now, she's busy inviting all her friends to an opposition party that she's giving. Hello, Mary. Liz Cooper. Uh, we're giving a Halloween party tomorrow night, and we wondered if you... What? Oh, your mother's sick? Well, some other time. Goodbye. How are you doing, Liz? If the next three couples can come, we'll have six people at the party. <laughs> that doesn't sound like much of a party. Well, we can keep moving and make it look like a crowd. Hello, Betty Ray. Liz Cooper. Uh, we're giving a party tomorrow night and... Oh, you can't? Oh, she is. Well, goodbye and tell your mother I hope she feels better. Bye. Another refusal. I don't get it. That makes the 14th one. There must be an epidemic of sick mothers. Well, I'll keep trying. Somebody's mother has to be healthy. I never heard of... So Hello, Margaret. Liz Cooper. I wondered if you and Hans could... Oh, you couldn't? I didn't even ask you yet. Oh, you heard. Oh, your father's sick. Too bad. Well, bye, Margaret. Well, at least she's different. Her father's sick. 
I'll bet he caught it from someone's mother. Don't you care, honey. You and I will have our own little party right here. George, something awful is wrong. Our best friends all turned us down. All of them. Well, forget it, baby. We'll take a course at Arthur Murray's and be successes again. Oh, it isn't funny. We're social misfits. We're being shunned by society. Oh, now let's not get carried away. Well, that's true. First the Atterbury's and then all our other friends, making excuses and acting funny. And that's not all. What do you mean? Even the birds have left our birdhouse. <laughs> they always go south this time of year. But this year they went early. <laughs> George, there's something horrible the matter with one of us. One of us? Yes, and I know it isn't you. Because you're just as wonderful as you've ever been. It's me, and I'm holding you back. Oh, now, Liz, now, don't talk like that. George, you're my best friend. Is, is there something even you haven't been able to tell me? Have I been careless about the little things? Well, now that you mention it, there is something I noticed. What? You've only been taking 30 seconds for your 60-second workout. Oh, George. How can you make jokes when we're social outcasts? Uh... Oh, well, now, honey, it isn't worth crying over. I'm not crying. I don't care about those people. I hate them. Well, I'm going to call up Atterbury right now and ask him what this is all about. No, he won't tell you. He'll be embarrassed. I know, George. I've got it. Let's go to the Atterbury's party. Liz, have you cracked your crock? <laughs> Don't you see? It's a costume party, so nobody will know us, and, and we'll mingle with the guests and say, isn't it shocking about the Coopers? And, and when they answer us, we'll find out the awful truth. <laughs> You've got something there, Liz. But uh, what kind of costume shall we wear? Well, the way people are acting, we ought to go dressed as a couple of skunks. <laughs> Faster, George. We'll be late for the party. Well, I still don't think we ought to go. These costumes we're wearing are so silly. Two policemen's uniforms and water pistols. Ah, uh, you're just mad because you're a sergeant and I'm a lieutenant. Kiss me, sergeant. That's an order. Ah, <laughs> uh, couldn't you have gotten some other costumes? I told you the only other thing he had left was two halves of a horse. Well, what's the matter with that? At least it would have been unusual. I'll say it would. They were both hind ends. <laughs> George, can't you drive faster? Bad enough to be uninvited. Let's not be late, too. I'm doing 35. Oops, there goes another one. Another what? Well, every time a car goes to pass us, the driver sees our cop costumes and slows down. <laughs> We've got 15 cars lined up in back of us. <laughs> How do you like that? Hey, let's tune in the police calls. Let's play cops and robbers. Which station is it, George? Uh, way down at the end there. Oh, yeah. Calling car 29, car 29. Investigate auto wreck at corner Elm and 8. If car not too badly damaged, make offer. The chief is looking for a car. Oh, great. Watch for robberies in Northside Residential District. Thieves 
in costumes, crashing Halloween parties. Victims report some dressed as policemen. Uh-oh. And you had to pick up policemen's uniforms for us. Yeah. Oh. I don't like the feel of this. Let's go home. Oh, don't be silly, George. No one will bother us. Well, all right. Oh. Oh, no. Pull over the crime. Now what do we do? He'll think we're those crooks. Well, don't stop. Keep on going. Nothing doing. I'll just uh, have to explain and hope he believes me. No, if he doesn't, we'll miss the party. Pretend you're a real cop. Liz. Go ahead. Well, I don't say anything. And why are we two holding out traffic? Oh, excuse me, Lieutenant. I didn't see you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's all right. I was speaking to the Lieutenant. I apologize, Lieutenant. Uh, that's all right, uh, officer. Drive on, Sergeant. Oh, Lieutenant, uh, any fighter knows of those masquerading crooks? Uh, yes. There's no truth to that report. Forget about them. Drive on, Sergeant. Attention all cars. Keep special lookout for criminals in masquerade costumes. Drive on, Sergeant. Uh, Just a minute. I don't remember seeing you two on the force before. Well, uh, uh, you see, we're really plainclothesmen, but our plainclothes are being cleaned. (laughs) I thought so. Let me see your credentials. Certainly. Well, what do you know? Must have left them in my plain clothes. (laughs) That's all. Oh, no, it isn't. Let me see your credentials. What? Maybe you're the fake one. I can prove I'm a real cop. How? I got a witness. Sergeant? Yes, Lieutenant? Sergeant, am I a real cop? Yes, Lieutenant. There you are. Drive on, Sergeant. (laughs) Just a minute. Let me see your badge. Let me see your badge. There. Sheridan Falls Police Force 158. Huh. Here, take a look at mine. That's enough. <laughs> so fast. Well, let me see them. Post Toasties Junior Genius. <laughs> well, you see, we're not local cops. <laughs> What's that Post Toasties business? That's for my serial number. <laughs> You're coming with me. Oh, you really fixed this up, Liz. You'll never take us alive, George. I still got my gun one squirt for each of us. Come on, out of the car. Oh, look, officer, we're not crooks. My name is George Cooper. I live at 321 Bundy Drive, and I'm vice president of the Sheridan Falls National Bank. Now, if you'll just follow us home, I'll show you plenty of identification. Well, okay, but no funny business. I'll just get in the back seat and go with you. No, thank you. Drive on, Sergeant. Oh, cut it out, Liz. Okay. Huh? This is our house, officer. Well, it better be. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look there at the side door, some figures slipping into our house. And they're in costume. Yeah. We found the gang. Wait a minute. Have you led me into a trap? No, no. <laughs> Believe us. We don't know anything about it. Those people are crooks. And they're robbing our house. Oh, what'll we do? We better call the police. Yeah, we better call... (laughs) Who do you think I am, Western Union? Well, we don't know if you're real or not. Let's not start that again. (laughs) They'll hear us. Oh, come on. We'll catch them red-handed. Okay. Quiet, everybody. We'll sneak up to the door. Okay, now let's rush him. All right, everybody, hands up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Iris! Mr. 
Roger Atterbury. Where's George? George, boy. I knew it. You're all in this together. You mean this is a surprise party for us? Yes. You didn't suspect a thing, did you? Well, not a thing. And what wonderful costumes you have. Okay. Hands up, everybody. Oh, for goodness sakes. Introduce us to your friend, Liz. I can't get over it. A surprise party and all the time we thought nobody liked us. Now listen to me. Hands up, everybody. <laughs> look, look, fella. You made your entrance. The gag's over. Oh, here we have all these wonderful friends and we thought nobody liked us. Uh, hands up. Please. <laughs> Look, look, Buster, you're overdoing your act. And take that false face off. It's horrible. Won't anybody put their hands up? I'm going to tell my sergeant about this. Oh, George. And we thought nobody liked us. Yes, Lucille. Bob, if I'm not being too personal, how many people do you think eat Jello puddings? You know, I've been wondering the same thing. You have. How did you happen to ask me that just at this moment? Well, I don't know. It was just the next line in my script. Uh, <laughs> why don't we ask a fortune teller, Bob? My rates are very reasonable. You, a fortune teller? Yeah, don't tell a soul. See, my real name isn't Lucille. It's Crystal. Crystal Bow. <laughs> Step right into my tent and I will tell the future for you. <laughs> Good afternoon. Are you Madame Ball? Cross my palm with silver. But your hand is bandaged. What, what happened? My last customer crossed my palm with silver. Well, who was he? Uh, the Lone Ranger. <laughs> What is it you wish to know? I know all. Nothing is unknown to me. Now, wait a minute. Where did I put that crystal ball? Oh, here it is. Tell me, madam, as you gaze into the future, do you see any jello chocolate pudding absolutely luscious with deep-down chocolatey goodness? Well, let me take a look. Let's see. There's the results for tomorrow's races. We don't want those. Uh, the inauguration of our next president. No, no, no. Uh, who's going to play in the Rose Bowl game? No, 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 nope. Nothing here about jello chocolate pudding. Well, how about jello butterscotch pudding with that buttery brown sugar flavor? Or jello vanilla pudding, rich and smooth as cream? Oh, now, let me see. Aha! Are they swell desserts for the kids? Yes. Or do you simply add milk and they cook to velvety perfection in just about five minutes? That's it. Nope, don't see a thing about them. <laughs> You forgot to cross my palm with silver. All right, here. Well, look at all the jello puddings. Everyone's crazy about them. Old people are saying jello puddings are fine. Young people are saying jello puddings are great. Gay people are saying jello puddings are swell. <laughs> Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball and my favorite husband again next week, presented by J-E-L-L. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O duck. The yolka pudding just so The 
makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to enjoy life, Life with Luigi, a comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carroll Nash, with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum are glad to bring you Life with Luigi because they feel it's a friendly, good-natured show that offers you relaxation and enjoyment. Now, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum brings you Luigi as he writes another letter describing his adventures in America to his Mama Vasco in Italy. Me. Right now is the start of the holiday season in America, and for me it's to bring back a lot of nice memories. I'm going to remember my first Thanksgiving in America, November 1948. And Pasquale made a big 20-pound turkey to celebrate. I'm never going to forget how his daughter Rosa started nibbling on the turkey before dinner. That night, Rosa was a 20 pounds heavy, and we had a Thanksgiving dinner, spaghetti and a balls. <laughs> yes, Mama, I'm feeling happiest in this great American holiday season. And tonight, I'm feeling especially happy because now they're celebrating what's called Halloween. And this holiday, you don't celebrate to some big American. You just buy, you don't buy the presents for nobody. You don't eat a turkey. You just go round and ring the doorbells. <laughs> That's if you're a little boy or a little girl. You should see how they dress up like a clowns, a witches, and a gypsies. Then they knock on your door and they say, Trick or treat. If you give them a candy, that's a call a treat. And if you don't, that's a call a trick. They're allowed to break the window. <laughs> but that's it's never going to happen to me, Mama Mia. And on my way to night school tonight, I'm going to buy a whole big bag of candy and a tuna gum. And when they come to knock on my door tonight, I'm going to be regular Santa Claus. Well, first I'm going to go to my night to school. America, I love you. You like a papa to me. From All right, class, quiet, please. I'll call the roll. Mr. Basco? Here. Mr. Horowitz? Yeah. Mr. Olson? Yeah. Mr. Schultz? Who are we in a rut? Miss Spalding, why don't you call our names backwards sometimes? Oh, you mean Schultz, Olson, Horowitz, and Basco? No, no, no. Axab, Switzerland, Nelson, and Sushel. That is not funny, Mr. Schultz. Well, I'm very sorry, Miss Dinglaps. I mean, Spalding. <laughs> and let's have no more interruptions. We're studying capital cities today. Mr. Schultz, you may tell us the capital of Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. Now, let me see. Uh, would that be Jackson? <laughs> Jackson is the capital of Mississippi. Oh, naturally. Uh, would that be Topeka? Topeka is the capital of Kansas. Uh, 
Miss Foley. No, don't interrupt her, Olsen. She's got two rides so far. <laughs> Never mind, Mr. Schultz. Mr. Basco. Present. I thought you weren't paying attention. Well, what you got there in your hand? It's this, Miss Pauling. It's a big package of tuna gum. Bigger package with a lot of packages of tuna gum. Then a jelly beans, a caramels, a peanuts, a peppermint, licorice sticks, and, and other little candies. Miss Pauling, if you keep him after class, you can have a party. <laughs> Quiet, please. Mr. Basco, I wish you would eat before you come to class. Oh, no, Miss Pauling. This candy's not for me. Tonight is a Halloween, and after class, I'm going to go home and give the candies to the little boys and the girls who one day knock on the door. Oh, I see. Trick or treat, Halloween yes, is. Yes, the lovable little beggars. You know, last year they kept knocking on the door of my delicatessen all night. <laughs> and did you give them anything, George? Ach, the liverwurst flowed like gumdrops. <laughs> you have seen those kidneys eat. Bless their little heartburns. <laughs> all right, all right. Hold that talk for after class, please. Now, uh, where were we? You were asking for the capital of Oklahoma. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, you may tell us, Mr. Horowitz. Miss Spaulding, you were asking, but I wasn't telling. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, tell us now. Oklahoma. Uh, well, think, Mr. Horowitz, where is Oklahoma? You mean where it is now? <laughs> well, of course, Oklahoma has never moved. That's funny. I read once that Oklahoma was going on the road for six months. Oh. <laughs> I could kill myself for not saying that first. <laughs> Miss Falding, we are wasting precious time. Uh, just call on me, I will give the right answer, and then we can go on from there. All right, there he goes. Kuckler, Fran, and Olsen. <laughs> Mr. Schultz, you're just impossible today. Now, please try to control that tongue of yours. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Spalding. It's, it's the Halloween spirit bringing out the witch in me. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, uh, go on, Mr. Olsen. The capital of Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Oh, of course. Oh, 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 my Yemeni, the answer was staring them right in the face. <laughs> oh, I could just die. <laughs> they was right under their nose all the time. <laughs> oh, is that a laugh or the mating call of a jackass? <laughs> a yakas to recognize a yakas. Please, the both of you stop acting so childish. Mr. Basco, we'll go on now. Tell us the capital of Florida. Capital of Florida? Oh, you know that a fool is twice. Florida City. <laughs> Wrong. Mr. Basco, it looks like we've lost you for the day. Lost me? How's it possible to lose me if I'm sitting right here? Well, I mean your ability to concentrate. Now, frankly, it upsets the rest of the class. Count me out. I'm very happy to have a partner in ignorance. <laughs> please, please don't be angry, Miss Spalding. It's Halloween, and, and we all should be happy, no? Well, we should all know our work a little better. Uh, Mr. Basco, why don't you just leave? I know you'll be happier. Miss Spalding, you angry? I'm not. You are. Please, I only want to feed the kiddies and I make them happy. Please, and not be angry, huh? 
I'm not. Well, you smile a little bit, huh? Well, all right. And have fun. All right, thank you. And goodbye, class, and happy Halloween. And goodbye, kids. Come again next Halloween. I'll give you some more candy and a tuna gum. Oh, they nice. So nice. Sound of children is sweetest noise in the whole, whole world. Must have been some more kids. I'm going to go. Trick or treat, little banana nose. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> I've been watching you for my spaghetti palace, little cabbage puss. <laughs> You've been feeding those kids like you was the marshal of plans. Well, how else am I going to celebrate the Halloween of Pasquale? Well, I always call you pumpkin ahead. Why don't you stick a candle in your mouth? Huh? <laughs> I've never seen anybody like you before. Every little American holiday that comes around, you've got to be the chief of celebrator. So, look, if you, Abraham Lincoln, didn't have ten brothers, you'd be celebrating every day of the year. Well, Pasquale, when you love a country like I love America... Then you want to celebrate every day in the year. Sure, but why Halloween? What are you celebrating tonight? Did a Washington cross at the Hudson on Halloween? Did a Paul Revere ride as a horse on Halloween? Did Edison discover the electric bill on Halloween? <laughs> well, I, I don't know, Pasquale. Is it just nice? Little kids, they knock on your door. You say hello. It's a good thing when we got excuses to be nice to people. Oh, Luigi, stop being such a big greenhorn. You got to celebrate things. Why don't you celebrate a real big day like uh, uh, January 15th? Well, Pasquale, why is it January 15th a big day? Because that's when my daughter Rosa was aboard. <laughs> that's a big day, all right. 250 pounds a big. Oh, stop. Look, Luigi, I know the real reason you're celebrating the Halloween. That's because you're crazy for little kids, right? Hey, that's right, of course. Sure. In other words, Luigi, you think Americans should keep turning out the millions and millions of little bambinos, huh? Oh, sure. All right, then how come you the bottleneck? In America, they got a big saying. Little kids of today, they the big Americans of tomorrow. Now, tell the truth. Wouldn't you be the happiest man in the world if for 20 years from now, you see four or five little Boscos all getting their citizen papers on the same day? Sure, but how about the Pasquale? If I have a little kids, then they're born Americans and they don't need a citizen papers. You're wrong. No, I'm right. Okay, I bet you five bucks to marry Rosa, have the kids, and we find out. No, 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 thanks, Pasquale. There must be some easier way to find out. <laughs> now, if you was... Excuse me, Pasquale, must be some more kids for the Halloween. Go ahead and let the little vultures in. Uh, trick or treat, sir. Don't be afraid. Come in, little boy. Thank you, sir. How am I gonna give you some, some? Uh, oh, I'm a forgot. I'm a got no more tuna gum or candy left. I'm a sorry, little boy. That's quite all right, sir. Thanks just the same. 
All right, all right. So we got a no chewing gum. You don't have to cry at Sonoka Tatsafree. No, stop, stop, Banana Pasquale. Can you see how he's a feel bad? I'm not so worried about this boy. Look at that beautiful overcoat he's wearing and the new shoes and that hat. This kid probably has a defense job on the side. <laughs> I wanted to dress up as a cowboy, but my governess wouldn't let me. You're a, you're a governess? That means the governor's a wife, stupid. <laughs> no, she's the one who watches me. Well, anyway, I sneaked out of the house to go trick-or-treat. I went far away until I got up enough nerve to do it. <laughs> you were the first one. Now you haven't got anything. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't cry. That's something I'm never gonna hear. Children are cry. Hey, but wait. I'm gonna make sure you get a plenty of treat. Sure, I'm gonna go along with you. What? Why not, the Pasquale? I wanna be sure somebody takes a good care of him. Lots of parents go with the kids. I'm gonna go with the, with the... Richard, that's my name. With the Richard. Luigi, stop talking like a maroon. <laughs> I warn you, stay in your own little backyard. And if you gotta go looking for trouble, marry Rosa. You can't stop me, Pasquale. I'm gonna trick or treat. Come on, Richard. We're gonna have a plenty of fun. Yes, sir. Luigi. Oh, that pup squeak. I can just see all that fun. Every time he tries to do somebody some good, he winds up in the trouble. Well, I might as well get ready. Soon he's going to need a bottle of iodine, $25 of bail money, and a new nose. Now, let's turn to page two of Luigi Basco's letter to his mother in Italy. Well, Mamma Mia, I'm left to start and I'm went trick or treat to a little Richard. Soon I'm rang so many doorbells, my tummy was a got a headache. <laughs> but it was late, and in most places we go to, they got nothing left. Some took him to one place where I'm a no sad little boy. Was he going to get to something and have lots of things to laugh about? Schultz is a delicatessen in the story. Luigi, my fellow boob, look, come in, come in. Oh, hello, Schultz. Trick or treat, what's your choice? Oh, stop it. What's with this cute little boy? Go on, Richard. You tell him. Trick or treat, something for Halloween? Schultz, this little boy is a Richard. And I'm helping him with his trick-or-treat. Ach, if that ain't just like you, Luigi. <laughs> but what will it be, Richard? I got some salami, some bologna, and knackwurst that's guaranteed to separate you from your appendix. We <laughs> 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 start you off with a little candy, huh? Thank you, Mr. Schultz. You, no, go ahead. Stop it in your right. pockets. Live. <laughs> and here, yeah, take this. Yeah. And this. Yeah. And this, too, huh? Uh-huh. Oh, thank you, Schultz. I'm no you was gonna understand. Yeah, sure. Now listen, Richard, I got it a riddle for you, huh? Uh, pinch me and punch me were in my store. Yeah, punch me went out. Who was left? Pinch me. 
<laughs> oh, what you said. Now I got a pinch you. <laughs> All right. Here's one for you. Huh? Pinch me and punch me were together. Yeah. Pinch me went out. Who was left? Punch me. Okay, I got to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Himmel, what a norm that kid has got. <laughs> That's so funny. But Schultz, we gotta go before it get too late. And thank you so much for your treats. Thank you very much, Mr. Schultz. You have been extremely kind indeed. Himmel, with his sock and the way he talks, we're gonna have it another Gene Tunney. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye and thanks for coming in. And remember, smile. You be like me. Always happy. Always laughing. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> My rheumatism is killing me. <laughs> Gee, Mr. Basco, I don't think I've had so much time in my life. Oh, you had a good time, huh, Richard? I'm glad you enjoyed it, Richard, boy. Don't you have good times with you? Papa and a mama like this? No, they're always too busy. They're either coming from someplace or going to someplace. Mama, I mean, sounds to me like they're going to no place. <laughs> Richard, who's who went to with you last year? I didn't get to go last year, sir. Father and mother were too busy because sister had a coming out party. She had a what? Coming out party. What's she come out of? <laughs> Anyway, the governess locked my door and I couldn't get out. Oh, but she didn't lock the door tonight, huh? Sure, but she forgot the windows. <laughs> well, Richard, you you better go home now before everybody's going to start to, to worry about you, Oh, huh? no, please, Mr. Basco, just this last block. Well, it's, uh, well, uh, all right. It's a beautiful, rich street. Maybe you're going to get a lot of candy, but we got to make it quick, huh? You take one side of the street, I'm going to take the other side of it. Oh, fine. I'll meet you at the end of this block. And whenever we get back, you can take half of it, Mr. Bassett. Oh, no. You're going to take the whole thing, Richard. I'm never going to be able to figure up my income tax on a hundred jelly beans. <laughs> What? Don't you see that sign, beggars or peddlers around the back way? What do you talk about? Who's begging? This is Halloween. I'm asking trick or treat. You're bothering people, that's what. You've got your nerve entering this quiet community and ringing doorbells. Mister, I'm... I'm no one to argue with you. You don't want to take a treat, I'm going go. Sure. You'll go, and just because it's some fool day like Halloween, you'll break my windows or destroy the gate. I think this could have happened to you any day of the year. <laughs> oh, now you're insulting people. Well, you won't get away with it. Please, please, mister, I'm, I'm no one to make trouble. That's what they all say. Oh, goodbye. Oh, goodbye. How can a man be, be so mad just because he's run out of candy? Well, it's, it's one more bell, and I'm on the end of the block. Then I'm a meet Richard, and then I'm gonna go home. Hey, you! Huh? How are you calling me, officer? Yeah, come here. 
We've been following you for five minutes, mister. Hop in. We're taking you for a little ride. I don't know about it, thanks. I'm a little too far from here. But a street car is only down the... Get in. We're taking you to the station. The trolley station? No, wise guy. The police station. We got a complaint on you. Mamma mia. Hey, Buster, what'd they pull you in for? I'm gonna know. Must have been for ringing the doorbells. <laughs> Gee, is that a crime? No. Everything's getting to be a crime, you know. You shouldn't ring doorbell. You know what'd happen if everybody went around ringing door- everybody else's doorbell? Maybe they would get to know each other a little better. Listen, pal, I sympathize with you. Stick up for your rights. When you get up before the lieutenant, just tell him you're in on a bum rap. A bum rap? Yeah, you tell him you won't talk without a mouthpiece. Without a mouthpiece? That's right. If you act smart, you'll be suspended. Suspended? Mamma mia, they're going to hang me for ringing the doorbell. <laughs> All right, Vasco, you're next. No, no. Mamma mia, why, why Pasquale's no come? Just stand in front of the bench in front of the lieutenant. Wait, the lieutenant. Before you do anything to me, I'm going to want to say something to you. What is it? I'm going to never rap with this bum. <laughs> what? And I'm going to talk it till I get to my teeth. <laughs> what? That's right. I demand the mouthpiece. Wait a minute. I never heard anything as crazy as this. Just a minute, officer, your highness. I like to speak to my cabbage pusher countryman. That's right. Is this the man he called for, Phillips? Yes, sir. Well, the complainant's late in arriving, so you two can have a conference. Thank you, you judge ship. Oh, Pasquale. Hey, Pasquale, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to see you. Help me, help me, save me, Pasquale. Save me, help me, save you. Every time you in trouble, you holler SOS louder than a scour in a pad. That's what you <laughs> Luigi, the spot of you in now, even the Salvation Army couldn't save you. <laughs> oh, you in a terrible trouble. But but why, Pasquale? Because already the police, they put your name on the blotter. My name on the blotter? What this means? Biggest disgrace. From now on, every kid who uses a blotter in school is going to see a picture of you behind bars saying, don't let this happen to you. <laughs> no, it's yeah, not true, Mr. no. Big no. shots. Wouldn't listen to Pasquale. He's got to celebrate Halloween. Yeah, but Pasquale, I'm... What am I did wrong? You went inside people's homes, right? Yes. All right. They got you on a charge of home inside. <laughs> That's what I said. They got you on a charge of home inside. Lucky for you, they can't give you a life sentence because you already use up half of your life. <laughs> Surprise if you got, well, uh, 50 years. 50 years? With 10% off of a good behavior is a 40. Pasquale, you call yourself a friend. How can you stand and let him put me in a jail? Waste the part of all, Luigi. You might lose your chance on your citizen papers. Oh, no. No, Pasquale. I'm in the most terrible trouble of my life. A lieutenant thinks I'm a crazy. You'd say uh-huh. I'm gonna be... That's it. The Luigi, what you just said, that gives me a loophole to get you out. What the Pasquale? What the loophole? You gotta plead insanity. That's <laughs> gonna get you out. All right, I'm gonna do anything to get out to help me. All right, I help you. But before I help you, 
You got a promise to marry my daughter Rosa. Oh, Mamma mia, from one loophole to another. Well, come on, come on, the time is short. Miss Clary, to become, to become a citizen, I would, I wouldn't do anything. Even marry Rosa. Spoken like a true patriot. All right, I'm going to call her in. Rosa! 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 You call me Papa! <laughs> yes, my little Daisy. Rosa, say hello to Luigi. <laughs> hello, Luigi! Hello, Rosa. Rosa, Luigi's going to plead insanity, and he's going to go and say, Vasco, the lieutenant wants to speak to you. Uh, all right. Don't worry, Luigi, just leave everything to me. I know how to handle lieutenancies. Vasco, I don't understand what's holding up the complainant, but to be fair to you, let's hear your side of it. How are you going to plead? Trick or trick. <laughs> what? That's what I'm going to plead all day, Your Majesty. Mr. Basco, are you pleading guilty or not guilty? Lieutenant, your majesty, we plead insanity. <laughs> Just who are you? I'm a Mr. Pasquale, 23 North Halstead Street. Sit out. down. Yes. <laughs> See, Luigi, I got him in the palm of my hand. <laughs> Mr. Basco, will you stop wasting our time? Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Well, I'm, I'm a little mixed up. I'm... I'm not guilty because I wasn't asking anybody for no money. And just what were you asking for? Jelly beans. <laughs> Jelly beans? Mr. Basco, are you serious? I told you, Judge, we plead insanity. Sit down! <laughs> yes, sir. Mr. Basco, you should be ashamed of yourself. A healthy, full-grown man begging for money, coming in here, making such a scene. How long have you been in this country? Three years, but I was... Have you applied for your first papers? He applied two hours after he came off of the boat. Yeah, but I'm a good American in one hour, but Pasquale took me to get a haircut. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I'm late. Mamma mia, that's that the mean man. Now I'm in a real trouble. Oh, please, sir, don't say that. I, I'm here to apologize, not to press charges. What? Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Daddy, Daddy, why didn't you wait for me? I'm, I'm sorry. Richard, I'm That's real Richard. sorry. Is this the man, Richard? Yes. Hello, Mr. Brasco. Boy, I'm sure glad to see you. Well, I guess that settles the case. Oh, I'm very sorry, Lieutenant. There was a misunderstanding. It was a big one. No, it wasn't so big. It was either $10 or 10 days. Uh, Mr. Brasco, uh, l let me make it up to you. Uh, here's $10 for your trouble. Well, Mr. Richard's daddy, is there more things in this world that can't be fixed for money? You keep your ten dollars, or give it to some boys' club. But I'm sentenced to you to ten days. Ten days? Yeah. Ten days with your son. I know what you mean, and I hope I can make it up to him. Do right, you know when when he couldn't find you, and I scolded him for returning late? He he said he wished you were his daddy. Oh. Everybody loves Luigi. I, I wish he was my husband. <laughs> and I wish he was my son-in-law. Oh, thank you, thank you. And I'm a wish everybody happy. 
be a Halloween. Halloween is a turn out pretty good for me. And I made up my mind on one thing. Next year, if I'm going to trick or treat, I'm taking no chances. I'm going to dress up like a little boy. You'll have a son, a Luigi Basco, a little immigrant. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you enjoyed tonight's episode of Life with Luigi, and they want to remind you that Wrigley's Spearmint Gum is an ideal treat to enjoy between meals. And remember, tomorrow is Halloween. Be sure to have plenty of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum on hand for the youngsters who call out Trick or Treat. Did you know, Harriet, that there are over 320,000 men in the National Guard today? No, I didn't. And did you know that every member of the Guard reports for training with his unit at least once a week and receives pay for it? No, I didn't. And that they now have an aviation branch called the Air National Guard? Did you know that dinner is ready and it's time to go to work with our 1847 Rogers Brothers silver plate? No, I didn't. And that America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers? That I did. <laughs> Silver Plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, presents The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Oh, they look on you. 
Here, step into them. Put your foot in there. Yeah. Now the other foot. Now pull them up. Mm. Oh, that's a wonderful costume. The headless painter. <laughs> Anyhow, Pop, we don't need costumes. We got masks. That's enough. Well, you suit yourself. We used to wear costumes when I was a kid. That's just for little kids, Pop. Me and David are going trick or treat. Trick or treat? Sure. We ring a guy's doorbell and say trick or treat. If he doesn't give us cookies or something, we let him have it. There you are, dear. That's Halloween, 1948. Sounds more like Chicago, 1925. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, Pop. Didn't you used to do that when you were a kid? No, David. As I recall, we used to go in more for the real spirit of Halloween. You know, the spooky, scary stuff. What do you mean, Pop? Well, I, I mean, we'd find some old haunted house and go prowling around looking for ghosts and stuff. You sure were brave, Pop. Oh, not necessarily, David. say I saw a ghost, but I will say I saw something. A spook? I don't know. It was white and shimmering, indistinct. It wavered back and forth. Sometimes it was there, sometimes it wasn't there. White and shimmering. Did they have television sets then, Pop? <laughs> no, Ricky, this was right out in the center of the living room. I'm afraid Halloween's different nowadays. All the wonderful, spooky, hobgoblin atmosphere. That's all changed now. Can't help feeling a little sad when you see the joys of your childhood disappearing in a changing world. Halloween just isn't exciting anymore. Are you going to cry, Pop? <laughs> no, just the memories coming back. You sure must have had fun, Pop. Do you think there's really such a thing as a ghost? A real ghost, I mean? Well, I don't know. In a spooky old house with the moon shining through the broken shutters. You imagine you see some pretty strange things. I'd sure like to see a ghost. Boy, would I run. Well, there's the old McAdams house up on the hill. That's a pretty spooky looking place. I wouldn't be at all surprised if there were a ghost or two lurking around in there. Do you think we could see one if we went up there, Pop? It's very possible. Oh, Ozzy. David, your father's just kidding. Oh, let the boys have a little fun, Harriet. After all, it's Halloween. Come on, grab the bags, Ricky. We gotta get going. Hey, wait for me. Don't you think a lot of the spirit of Halloween has been lost? Oh, I don't know, dear. The kids seem to have a good time. That's the important thing. Oh, they pretend to enjoy it. But where's the fun? Trick or treat. Where's the adventure? What danger is there in getting a handful of cookies from Mrs. Dunkel? You've never eaten Mrs. Dunkel's cookies. Have we had any callers yet? Oh, about a dozen of them. You should have seen little Julie Thornberry. She was all dressed up in one of Catherine's old dresses, and she had a stocking on her head. Really? Oh, I'm sorry I missed you. And little Georgie Dunkel. He had the cutest clown suit with skeleton sewed on it. We sure have some cute little kids in this neighborhood. I'll get it. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get it. I want to have some fun, too. Yes? Trick or treat. <laughs> Wait a minute, aren't you a little big to be playing trick or treat? Trick or treat. How old are you? Fifty-three. Never heard of a grown man playing trick or treat. Well, my little boy's over on the next block. I'm just helping him out. You don't even have a costume. 
What do you think I am, a child? <laughs> Come on, trick or treat. It's a little unusual. What happens if I don't give you a treat? Well, I sneak back later and ring your doorbell. So what? And when you answer it, I punch you in the nose. <laughs> Come on, trick or treat. <laughs> really funny. Here are some cookies. Only three? Well, they've got to go around. There are other children, too, you know. Okay. Oh, they're chocolates. My kid likes chocolate cookies. Thanks. Well, that's all right. Uh, how old is your little boy? Twenty-five. <laughs> one of the kids in the neighborhood, one of the older kids. Say, would you do me a favor if you're not too busy? Yeah, what is it? Would you stop down at the store and get some candies or something? The rate we're going, we're going to run out of stuff. Okay, I'll... Hey, what are you doing? Just putting a couple of cookies in your pocket in case you got stopped for trick-or-treat. Some of the boys get pretty rough. Oh, Harriet, please. You don't think I'm afraid of a bunch of kids? Well, suit yourself. Last Halloween, Joe Randolph bumped into the backfield of the high school football team and came home minus his trousers. <laughs> no kidding. I understand they have a, a pretty good team this year. Why don't you just take these four cookies, just in case? You better give me two more. The ends might be with them. <laughs> Let go. Don't tell my friends. So the cookies were in my pocket. They're very nice cookies. Wonderful cookies. What's this about cookies? Oh, it's you, Thorne. <laughs> What a cook! What a corny trick, hiding behind the head. Oh, just keeping in the spirit of Halloween. You used to see what I did to Duck a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> did you scare him? What did you do? I sneaked up on his front porch, yeah. rang the doorbell, and ran like the Dickens. He didn't know what to think. <laughs> then when he went in the house, I went around to the back and started rattling the back door. <laughs> oh, boy, was he scared. <laughs> what else did you do, Patty? Well, I waited a few minutes, and yeah. I tapped on the window and moaned like this. <laughs> and I, I rattled the door again, and I moaned some more. Clothes. And I began pounding on the side of the house. Yeah. <laughs> and then what? Then the police came. <laughs> that uncle just has no sense of humor. Did the police do anything to you? No, just told me to stop annoying people. They took my soap away, too. <laughs> You're just a big kid at heart, aren't you, Thorny? That's all in fun, huh? It's not Halloween nowadays. Nothing happens. My boy Will's out playing trick-or-treat. Uh, David and Ricky, too. Somehow Halloween sort of lost the old kick. Yeah, it sure isn't like it was when we were kids. You know, there was an old haunted house in our town, and every Halloween, us kids used to go prowling through it. Really spooky. Sure, that's the real spirit of Halloween. Now, you take the old McAdams place up on Franklin Avenue. There's a perfect haunted house. Is there some way to, to sneak in there? You mean you go in there at night? Oh, sure. Why not? Oh, no reason. I just never cared for the looks of the place myself. Those grotesque chimneys, staring windows. Sort of gives me the creeps. Bonnie, you're kidding. No, I'm not, Oz. There's something frightening about it, especially at night. What an imagination. Well, I've got to get down to the drugstore. I promised Harry to get some candy and stuff. Okay, Oz. See I'll you later. See, yeah. See, uh, when you go by the McAdams place, don't let the ghost get you. Well, that's right. I, I go right by there, don't I? Yes, sir. <laughs> not afraid, are you? Oh, Bonnie, cut it out. If you walk down the store with me, I'll buy you a soda. <laughs>
we went over to the macadamus place and we saw a ghost. A real ghost? A ghost, a real ugly one with sharp teeth and a long nose and pointed ears and hair all over his face. And first we thought it was Pop. That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. You mean we thought it was you trying to scare us? Oh, boys, don't be silly. You guys probably saw the moon shining through the window and your imagination did the rest. Okay, go up and see for yourself. Yeah, why don't you, Pop? Yeah, why don't you, Pop? Well, I'd be glad to, except I take your mother to the movies. Since when? <laughs> well, that is, I, I've been thinking about it all day. There's a wonderful triple Halloween show at the Bijou. The son of Frankenstein, Dracula's daughter, and a date with Judy. <laughs> I wasn't counting on the movies, dear. In fact, I'd much rather you'd go up and give us a report on the ghost. Oh, it's so silly. Go ahead, Pop. Have some fun. Go ahead, well, dear. Well, okay. If it makes you happy, I'll go up and visit the haunted house. Adam, Pop. Daddy. I thought for a minute there you were getting scared, Pop. Oh, David. Oh, just remember this, boys. There's not a cowardly bone in your father's body. Of course, every now and then the meat around them gets a little jumpy. <laughs> meat around <laughs> What am I laughing at? <laughs> They talk about it at bridge clubs and when they meet on Main Street. What is this topic of conversation? Why, just this. The four patterns created by 1847 Rogers Brothers are the loveliest in town. Yep, it's true. The four patterns created by 1847 Rogers Brothers are unexcelled. No other silver plate is designed with such imagination, such feeling for detail. And each of the beautiful 1847 patterns is designed with you in mind. Designed to fit your tastes, your scheme of decoration, your dreams. If you like modern, dramatic things, for example, the 1847 pattern for you is eternally yours. Eternally yours is simple and sleek in line, and each piece is crowned with exquisite openwork, even the knives. That's a feature you'll find only in 1847 Rogers Brothers. And in every way, eternally yours is proof that the beautiful silverware, which bears the year mark 1847, is the finest in America. So see it tomorrow. Eternally yours, one of the four love patterns created by the one and only 1847 Rogers Brothers. Warning to all ghosts, beware. Ozzie Nelson will get you if you don't watch out. Yes, indeed. Ozzie Nelson, arch enemy of all ghosts, goblins, spirits, and similar supernatural phenomena, is on the march. Target for tonight. The ghost that walks in the old McAdams house. See the courageous Ozzie as he strides firmly across the porch of 1847 Rogers Road. Chin up, flashlight swinging at his side. Down the steps, down the walk. And now he stops. Every muscle tense. Eyes alert, nose twitching. A white, filmy object moves out of the darkness. Who's there? It's me, Mr. Nelson. Oh, oh, hello, Annie Lou. I came over to show you my Halloween costume. I'm going to a party. Where are you going, Mr. Nelson? Oh, I'm uh, on an errand for the boys. They went up to the old McAdams house tonight, and they think they saw a ghost. Really, Mr. Nelson? 
Yeah, I'm going up there, you know, to prove to them it was just their imagination. You're going in that spooky old house tonight, alone? Well, of course. Evidently, you haven't heard the story about the McAdams place. Well, I've heard some silly rumor it's supposed to be haunted or something. Oh, but it is, Mr. Nelson. I heard the whole story from the people who live next door. The story goes that years ago in Scotland, in the old Haggis Castle, the young and beautiful Lady Jane McAdams had a quarrel with her lover, Douglas McDingle McCampbell McTavish. A Scotchman. Yes, yes, yes. Well, anyway, Lady Jane pushed her lover, Douglas McDingle, McCampbell, McTavish, down the stairs. Down, down, down he went, his head banging on each stone step. Thump, thump, crunch, crunch. His bagpipes mournfully playing, the candles are coming. As he lay at the bottom of the staircase dying, Douglas McDingle, McCampbell, McTavish, or as they called him, Mac, as, as he lay at the bottom of the staircase, he took an oath. I'd swear a little myself. <laughs> he took an oath that he'd follow Lady Jane wherever she went. His spirit would always haunt her. Now, where did she go? She came here to the United States and built the old McCaffrey's place. And they say that on nights of a full moon, like tonight, the giant ghost of Lord McTavish returns. And while the eerie notes of bagpipes ring in the night air... He prowls the house in search of Lady Jane. It makes a good story, but nobody in his right mind would believe it. Well, you believe it, don't you, Mr. Nelson? Yes, but I'm not. I'm. Uh, uh, of course, it's a lot of nonsense. Okay, Mr. Nelson, but remember, if you go up there tonight and see the ghost and get a terrible fright and drop dead, don't come around saying I didn't warn you. Happy I've been thinking this over, and I don't think I'll go. The whole idea seems sort of childish. Well, what about the boys, dear? You promised them. I, I, I know, but, but I mean, after all, isn't it silly for a full-grown man? It, it's only a wild go uh, a goose. It, 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 that, that's all it is. Well, if you'd and, like, dear, I'll go with you. And the boys... What did you say? I said I'll go with you. There are times, Harriet, when a man likes to be alone. Oh. <laughs> well, all right, dear. Get your coat. This isn't one of those times. Don't get nervous now, dear. Just keep cool. Oh, I'm cool, all right. Matter of fact, I'm shivering a little. Hold my hand good and tight. I can't. Mm-hmm. You're squeezing mine so hard the fingers are asleep. Sorry. Is that better? It's better. How do we get through this iron fence? There's a gate here someplace, I think. It'll probably be bolted and spoil all our fun. They usually have a huge lock on these things and thick chains. Now, here we are. Oh. Locked? No. Well, push it open. Here, will you take the flashlight a second? Thanks. And, and, and the baseball bat, too. Ooh. Doesn't this place look weird? Yes, 
it is pretty spooky, in fact. Shall I uh, sing something to keep your nerve up? If you want to, dear. It'll keep you from getting scared. Did you ever think as the hearse goes by haunted house, the door squeaks. I, I don't know why you insisted on coming along, Harriet. I could just as easily have come by myself. Ozzy, something has a hold of my coat. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> What's that? Who, who closed the door? Didn't you? No. Oh, it must have been the wind. Gee, this place sure looks creepy with the moon streaming through the windows. What was that? What? Now, don't be frightened. I'm right beside you. Ozzy. There's something in this room. It's coming toward us. It's getting closer. Harry, quick, my baseball bat. Hang on, careful with it. Oh, oh, hello, Harriet. Uh, you old trickster. Oh, I just thought I'd have a little fun with all the talk that's been going around about this place. So you're the ghost David and Ricky saw. <laughs> I should have guessed by the description. You should have a bagpipe, though, Thorny. A bagpipe? Well, sure, haven't you heard? This place is supposed to be haunted by a Scotch ghost who plays the bagpipe. And each night he comes down the stairs playing some old... Well, you do have one, Thorny. Where is it? <laughs> oh, you sure play awful. Worse than you think. I don't play at all. <laughs> but I hear a bagpipe. Listen, I can hear it plain as day. Ozzy, up there, the head of the stairs. The ghost. The ghost of Lord McTavish. Well, we've seen it. Let's go. <laughs> Well, let's all keep calm about this. We'll, we'll just leave quiet. Oh, it's oh, it's getting late, Tony. Let's get out of here. Ozzie, you're carrying my coat. Wait. Oz, the door won't open. I keep turning the handle and it won't open. Stop it, Tony. You've got hold of my nose. <laughs> some scientific explanation. Did I seem very scared out there? No, not especially. I mean, did I act in any way that might give somebody the impression that this illusion we saw uh, frightened me? No, you were very level-headed about it. Of course, it was the first time I've ever seen you jump a seven-foot fence. (laughs) I didn't think I could fool you. That thing, whatever it was, scared the, the daylights out of me. I was plenty scared myself. I can't figure out those bagpipes. No, and what about the ghost? Oh, oh, well, yes, of course, the ghost, too. Harriet, what are you stuffing behind the sofa pillow? Oh, nothing, dear, just some old papers and things. Wait a minute, let me see that. It's an only an old sheet. You'll get the couch dirty. It's got cobwebs. Cobwebs! How about a little more coffee? And there's Ricky's baseball bat, the one I... Harriet, if you'd like to make a little confession... I'll listen. But if you'd rather not, I'd rather you would. (laughs) All right, dear. Just the boys and I thought it'd be nice if you could have a little fun on Halloween. You told them how much you enjoyed going to some haunted house. So we thought that 
If we can sort of... Ozzie, listen. I'm listening. Go on. Now, listen. The bagpipes. Yeah. I hear the bagpipes again. So do I. Hey, Pop, can we have a dime? Boys, listen, listen. Do you hear bagpipes playing? Sure, that's what we have the dime for. He's out front now. Who's out front? Mr. Campbell, the man with the scotch plaid ice cream truck. The scotch plaid ice cream truck? Well, sure. Haven't you ever seen him? Can we have a dime, Pop? A dime? Here, here's 50 cents. Stuff yourselves. Thanks, Pop. Oh, boy. How about that? The, the bagpipes we heard at the McAdams place were from the Scotch Plant ice cream truck. What a coincidence. <laughs> oh, remarkable. You see, the, the Scotch Plant ice cream truck happened to, to stop there. See, there are no other houses around, and nobody lives there, but he happened to stop there. Played a different tune up there, too, didn't he? I don't remember. Harriet, believe me, it was only the scotch plaid ice cream truck. Yes, I know, dear. I'll say it just once more. The bagpipes we heard at the McAdams place were from the scotch plaid ice cream truck. Okay, dear, you've convinced me. I wish I could convince myself. I'd like to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> about it, but I kind of hope the bagpipe music didn't come from the Scotch plaid ice cream truck, because that's the way Halloween ought to be. Lots of mysterious tapping at every window, witches riding through the air, spirits in every tree. I've already had a message from the Halloween spirits, Mr. Smith. Last night on my way down Rogers Road, a voice spoke to me suddenly out of nowhere. Honest? What did it say? Beware. If you don't give us a special treat on Halloween, we'll spirit your new set of 1847 Rogers Brothers away from you. Beware. Hey, now, there's a smart ghost if there ever was one. <laughs> you mean I have a smart son if there ever was one. He hasn't heard me raving about my new 1847 Rogers Brothers for nothing. Oh, nobody raves about 1847 Rogers Brothers for nothing. There are all kinds of good reasons for getting excited about it. 1847 is the finest silver plate in America, you know. No other silver plate in the world can match its beautiful features. Features like the exceptional height and depth of the pattern ornament and the extra luster, perfect weight and balance of each piece. Those are the features that make 1847 Rogers Brothers really more like solid silver. And don't forget the price of 1847 Rogers Brothers, Mr. Smith. Oh, impossible to forget that because it's so unusual. 1847 prices haven't gone up since 1945. Not a single penny. So, no matter how you look at it, 1847 Rogers Brothers is the silverware you want for your home. It's the best, the finest silver plate in America. Famous 1847 Rogers Brothers. Oh, come on, dear. Put out the light. Let's go to sleep. Uh, in a few minutes, Harriet, I just want to finish this article. Debunking the spook. Debunking the spook? Yeah, the man who wrote it spent the night in a house that was supposed to be haunted. As I sat there in the darkness, I could hear the clock in the village striking twelve. Now was the witching hour. If ever the dead lived... 
Now was the time they must rise from the grave. I stood up and dared the ghost to appear. I said, if you were a ghost, I dare you to strike me dead. <laughs> silly article. What happened next? Well, and let's see, he goes on to... Yes? The article ends right there. <laughs> oh, come on, dear, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. You know what might be fun? Let's sleep with the lights on tonight. <laughs> Adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Yes, Harriet, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were John Brown, Janet Waldo, Henry Blair, Tommy Bernard, and Jack Kirkwood. Original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. This program originates in the Hollywood studios of the National Broadcasting Company and is also broadcast over the Trans-Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This adventure of Ozzie and Harriet will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. The camels are coming. No, Lord McTavish. Ozzie. It's a ghost. Ozzie, wake up. What's all racket, Mom? Daddy's having a nightmare. Is that what he's doing? That noise really scared us. Well, it frightened me, too. Okay, now we're even. I hope you enjoyed our Halloween special here on the old Radio Comedy Podcast. And remember, laughter really is the best medicine. <laughs>